You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Episode 256, Explore the Winter Solstice. Welcome to episode 256 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach Feng Shui online at mindfuldesignschool.com. We have a certification course and an advanced studies course. We also have right now our annual New Year's reset package to welcome the year of the dragon. So we hope you'll join us and you can always sign up for our mailing list for special free workshops and different opportunities for podcast listeners only. And you could sign up for our mailing list by looking at the show notes in your podcast app, or you could visit mindfuldesignschool.com slash join. So we hope most of you are on our newsletter or are receiving our newsletter because we actually had a wonderful live class a few weeks ago. And we also have a live class coming in just a few days. Mm-hmm. And so this is airing on December 18th. And on the winter solstice, we will have a live class and you can get the replay if you missed it, if you're on our mailing list or if you join our energy reset package. So you and the can... live class is about the winter solstice. There you go. Yes. Which is which is what we're talking about today. Yes. And it's on it's going to be on the winter solstice. But if yes. you miss it, you can watch the recording. It's going to actually where are we, where are we going to have the recording? It's just going to be for our newsletter subscribers. Yeah. So because if you if you're on the newsletter, you've probably been seeing these feng shui basics. Oh right. Coming mm-hmm. through. So it'll be part of that. It'll be embedded in that. So if you're already partaking in the feng shui basics free course that we've been doing, newsletter subscribers, it's just going to come up as a as an email. So you'll see it. Yeah. Yeah. So everything is just in your email. You don't have mm-hmm. to sign up for anything separately. But yeah. besides that, we also have the energy reset package for the year of the wood dragon, and that's available for purchase. And we have a special 50% off coupon code for our podcast listeners, and it's dragon year. Also, we want to say a couple other things really quick. We hope you'll be tuning in for the next few weeks because we have our most popular episodes coming up. We have a lot of New Year welcoming the dragon episodes, and those are our most popular. So we hope you'll you'll make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast so you get all those notifications. Every Monday, we'll have a new podcast episode. So for this episode, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about the winter solstice. Yes. If you are a regular listener, you probably have already listened to our December Chi forecast. And we did talk a little bit about it, as it is one of the solar terms in December. And as we mentioned in that podcast that we were going to break that out and give it its own episode, as we usually do. We usually talk about winter solstice because it's significant both energetically from a feng shui standpoint, from a standpoint from many cultures, and we're going to get into it a little bit. And then we're going to give you ways to work with it. So what is the winter solstice? It's all also referred to as the longest night. And in the Northern Hemisphere, it is the time when it is actually that. It is the shortest day of the year and the longest night. 
And in the Southern Hemisphere at that time, it's the opposite. So they're experiencing the summer solstice, which is the longest day of the year. And all this is has to do with science. <laughs> the Earth is tilted on its axis as it revolves around the sun. And different hemispheres experience different seasons and solstices based on that. So at this point during the winter solstice, the northern part of the planet is farthest away from the sun. And so that's why we experience this darker time, okay? And feng shui wise, this time of year, this winter solstice, this long dark night is a peak of a yin energy season. So we've already started, if, if you, again, if you have been listening to our chief forecasts, and we say this all the time, it doesn't go off like a light switch. So you have been sort of observing over the past, you know, couple of months that yin energy is growing, if you will, yang is receding. And we're moving more into this time of inward focus, you know, a slowing down all of these activities or also ways of, you know, working with your energy that are more suited to this time of year, this wintry time of year. So the yin is at its peak, but also overlaid with that is the season itself of winter is associated with the water element. So you have both the most yin and water. So it is a, it's almost, it's a very, it's almost double yin because water is a very yin element. And, you know, it's, it, we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, what water energy, Angie will talk a little bit about that. But, you know, if you look outside at winter, everything is becoming dormant and still. Okay. For our, for the Northern hemisphere, snow may even be covering. And, and so things are getting really quiet. So just to back up a bit, if just to, okay, so what is yin chi? What is yin energy? The world is made up, everything in, you know, that we experience is made up of either a mix of yin and yang, this duality, these opposing forces that are in opposition, but also are completely interdependent. You can't have yin without yang. Nothing is 100% yin or 100% yang. And everything is made up of both. And it's a really interesting way to start to look at the world, at how something can be both yin and yang in so many different ways. So just to give you some ideas of what yin chi would show up as manifest itself as in your kind of sensory world it would be darkness so as opposed to yang which is light yin is dark as opposed to the sun which is yang moon is yin quiet as opposed to loud small as opposed to big so small is yin uh, quiet is yin soft is yin cold is yin so you can get an idea that that's the the opposite to all of those things. And it's a pretty easy way to illustrate this is to see the difference between the dead of winter and the height of summer, right? That really kind of sums it up. So it's really easy way for you to sort of understand 
the differences between those two energies. And then when you layer in the seasonal element energy, it's even another layer of that. So Angie, can you talk a little bit about water energy or water chi? Yeah. So actually the five elements are a a further kind of exploration or distillation or expansion on the principles of yin and yang. And like Laura said, everything embodies a little bit of yin and a little bit of yang, just like the winter solstice, even though it's the most yin part of the year, there's still some daylight, right? There's still a moment of daytime. So it's not 100% darkness, right? The sun still will still come out for us most in most of the world for a portion of time. So when we take yin and yang and we further distill it into the five elements, we have earth, metal, water, wood, and fire. And so one of those five elements, which is water, is the one that's most, most predominant at this time in winter. So water is also considered the most yin of the five elements. It has a lot of yin to it, but even so, water has within it the qualities of yin and yang again, right? So you could have yang water, like rushing water, or like a river could be yang water, or even sometimes the ocean could be considered yang water because it's huge. And then yin, the yin aspects of water, or that it's um, always moving downward, or a big ocean or a small pond could be yin water. And an ocean could be yin, considered yin water as opposed to or in relationship or in in comparison to that rushing river, right? So it's just a way of kind of starting to explore that duality and that paradoxical unity that happens in our human existence here on earth or in our on our planet. So water chi, since it's the most yin, is generally thought of, especially during the winter time, the way that water chi shows up is that it's very similar to those yin qualities. It's cold, it's quiet, it's still. So you could think about even like the ice forming on a pond or going out on a hike where there's snow everywhere. It's much more quiet. There's not as much rustling going on. People aren't running around as much. And there's that, again, that's that tendency towards more moving downward and that quietness. And so why is the winter a good time to cultivate water energy and yin chi? Well, it's always a good time to look at your yourself and to cultivate your chi, but it's especially a good time to explore the water element and yin chi because it's abundant at this time of year and we're immersed in it. So it's our natural tendency to have curiosity about it, but we can really feel it around us. We see it around us. And so this is a great time to allow yourself to be more still, allow your work to slow down. Traditionally, people all over the world around this time of year, they don't have as much to do, right? You have the holidays coming up, or if you were a farmer, you would have no more work to do at this point. You would now be working and eating with what you've stored from your harvest. And also just even in our modern lives, we spend much less time outdoors and we spend more time indoors. So there's again, that inner work. And when we're indoors, we're not moving around as much, right? We're not doing as many sports as we would be doing in the warmer months. 
So it's a good time to cultivate that stillness, to, to be present with it, to work on the inside of your home, but also the inside of yourself, your home as a person, right? What's, what's your inner, inner self doing? And many animals take this time to rejuvenate, to hibernate. They slow down all of their body functions and they rest up so that they can be more productive when the spring comes around. So it's a good time to, re- to kind of recharge your batteries, let your batteries recharge. You don't want to go into spring with, with low batteries. And it's also a good time, again, to seek that inner wisdom and not to feel pressured to go outside and to grow and start new things, but rather like review, reset, recharge. Yeah. And I think that's important to note that it is a this it is a really good time for you to reset or even to think about how you might go about resetting. You don't even have to do anything. You can sort of just lay, even just ruminate on it and think on it and do that inner work because you have the quiet time. And, you know, it's this time of year, which usually occurs, you know, December 21st, but it could be the 23rd and depending on, you know, the time zone you're in, et cetera, et cetera. This winter solstice, which the solstice means, you know, sun stands still, is really almost universal in terms of cultures in how they use this midwinter time to to celebrate. But I mean, it's darkness. So the celebration is almost a way to, to A, acknowledge another year has passed, you know, another year is completed. And that, you know, moving forward after this longest night, slowly and slowly, but surely the days will get longer. And that is worth celebrating. And often the way that that's the celebration is done or manifested or is using fire, right? Which is the opposite element of the balancing element to water. And so many cultures celebrate with some way of bringing that fire, that warm, that cozy into it. And, you know, I mean, the Yule log is one that, you know, you you probably think of, or, you know, just using lighting a candle on the longest night, all of these traditions and burning pyres, these are, you know, many different cultures have this fire, a common thread through it. So if we to, you know, we want to give you guys some, a couple of tips, a couple of things on how you can celebrate, how you can recognize winter solstice, but we would highly recommend that you join us for our live class because in that we will actually do a full sort of a full workshop, a full kind of presentation where I'm pretty sure Angie's going to lead us through a meditation, right, Angie? Yeah. A visual, a beautiful visualization. So it'll be a really special way to to celebrate this time of year. And for me personally, I find this a very, it's a, it's a, a beautiful time of solace. And I really, I like to embrace this darkness and this time of year. And I think um, instead of just going, oh, I got it so cold and so long. Blah. So it's a nice way to do that. So, okay. So here are some really simple ways I'm going to. I'm going to start with the first one and then Angie can do this. So, and I I was just basically saying it is try to experience the darkness, that yin on the longest night. Like you're given an opportunity 
And it's so cool. I mean, it's that one day, it's a science, but also it's energetic that you can experience this, the darkest point, right? You, we, we, we can pinpoint it. So it's, it's really, so let's, you know, immersing yourself in that. Notice how early the sun sets that day. Notice how dark it actually is when you turn off all the lights, right? And see what that is. And then Angie, what would you say? So to the same point, but on the yang side of it, you can also experience the light at this time during the winter solstice. And some ways to do that is to maybe like Laura said, go out and see when the sun sets, because then you'll see the light and you'll see it transition into the darkness. I have a question. I don't know what a Yule log is. A Yule log is just Yuletide. It's just a log in the, they would burn it over a course of time, it would they would cut down a tree that mm -hmm. they would designate and they would put it in the hearth and they would burn down the Yule log for days. And it would be like a way for people to come together and it was a celebration okay. around you this time of year. Do you guys do that in Canada? No, no, no. This oh. is it's more like a pagan festival. Like it's like the okay. it's the it's the historical kind of but what would, place what, that it came down. But what but, would be the Canadian or the Laura version of burning a Yule log? Well, you you just burn well they do have those little logs that you can burn that are like i think they literally call them yule logs it's like the ones that are ready but they're kind of gross and full of chemicals i just literally i just turn on my fires like my my okay. my fire well, i didn't know if yeah 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 no i think i, I think it was like there? no like yule log in quotes it's like the it's your symbolic yule log How's that? Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's it's interesting because, I mean, it, we have to look at, like, where we all come from, too. Like, Laura's in Canada where it's so much colder, right? And and then I'm from California where it never snowed and people <laughs> would wear, like, Uggs no, and bare legs and a hat and a, and a jacket, you know? And we ne I never needed a scarf ever or a hat ever except for as decorative. And I remember like watching the Charlie Brown Christmas special and seeing how the snow accumulates on the roof. And I was like, I wonder if it really does that because sure I never saw it. Yeah. But now you're in New York. So now you're like a full snow person. Yeah. Well, it hasn't. It hasn't well, it doesn't snow. It doesn't snow very much here either. And it's, yeah, but it's you're you're right. But in the north, everyone is going to experience the darkness that is consistent. And so your version of what that light that fire will be can be different. Yeah. Right? So just like Laura said, again, like just go outside and notice when the sun sets, what time it is, what it, that experience is wherever you are, because you're working with your situation, your life, you're working with your life. And, and so also other ways to experience the light is to light a fire and you could research what a Yule log is, if that's interesting to you. Or you can light your fireplace if you have one, or you can light candles or twinkle lights. Mm -hmm. And then, Laura, you want to give the last one? Yeah, I think it's just, again, to this point. So water chi, when we talk about water energy chi, there is the way we see it around us in the seasons, but it can also show up in our own actions and the things that we do. And water chi is actually connected with researching with wisdom, with all of these kind of going down the rabbit hole and like looking up and researching things and reading lots of books. That's a very watery, those are very watery 
acts, very watery activities. So in order to embrace this water chi, you could read and study and sort of really immerse yourself in something new, maybe maybe a new wisdom, a new something you want to learn. Or you could research your own culture's traditions around this time of year, whatever your heritage is, whatever your background is, this longest night, this midwinter, whatever it is, this dark period, and see if you can create your own ritual or your own ceremony around it. And that's another way to honor both the water chi, which is, again, that researching and wisdom, and also Khan, which is ancestors. So it kind of it's a really kind of a cool layer there. But the super simple one is just like Angie, like what we were saying, watch the sunset, experience the darkness and like light a candle and, and that's it. And just f- see what that feels like. See how you experience that because we all know what it's like to be in the dark and light a candle, but do it that day, do it that night. And, you know, hopefully you'll be with us and Angie will walk you through doing it in a meditation, which will be really cool. So what's the last thing that we'll share with our listeners, Angie? So if you can't join us on the winter solstice, but we hope you will. And just a reminder, if you want to join us for that free winter solstice gathering on the winter solstice, make sure you're signed up for our newsletter and you'll be sent to the zoom link. Um, the day before, but this is for everyone. What you could do is do your own little candle lighting ceremony, whether you're in the Northern or the Southern hemisphere, because it's two sides of the same coin. You could start by energetically lighting two candles at the same time, one black candle for yin and one white candle for yang and have those both burn while you're experiencing the winter solstice and set some intentions to look into these aspects of like what is underneath the surface what is some stillness that you can explore what are some inner work that you can start to consider and also like what you can do to just be present with the transition of time at this moment so we hope that we will see some of you at our live zoom class on the winter solstice again sign up for our newsletter list you can do that by visiting mindfuldesignschool.com join or you can um, look in the show notes there'll be a a link to join our newsletter and you need to join a couple you know soon because we'll send out we don't we will send out the zoom link the day before and also thank you all so much for listening to our podcast and we will see you next monday for a new podcast episode and we hope you'll support us by checking out our feng shui certification course or our new year's reset package at mindfuldesignschool.com thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week